Brooklyn 214 Podcast. We're back. Brought to you by Dope Content. Your boy K. Lou doing the solo dolo here again today. You already know what it is. I got to bring you content no matter if I got the whole squad with me or not. Brooklyn 214 Podcast. DopeContent.com. Make sure you go to www.dopecontent.com. To stay up to date with us, stay up to date with the latest in entertainment, sports, and music. Get your dope content gears. You see, I got a dope content shirt on right now. We got hoodies. We got leggings for the ladies. We got tanks. We got all type of stuff. Women's shirt, men's shirts, hoodies, all that type of stuff. Masks, all that stuff. So, we got it all on dopecontent.com. It's your boy K. Lou, as, you, as I said earlier, solo dolo. We gonna get right into it. I'm kind of irritated right now because I recorded this episode like an hour ago, and as I was uploading it to YouTube, they just something went wrong with the video. So I gotta re-record this whole video for you guys, and it was about 50 minutes long. So I'm gonna try to make it shorter this time, but. I'm a little irritated, so if you hear it in my voice, that's what it is. Shout out to the people that's watching on YouTube and Twitch. Shout out to the people that's listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and etc. We're going to get right into it, man. We got a lot of sports to talk about today. It's pretty much the whole thing today is going to be about sports. So if you're looking for the entertainment and all that today, it's not too much I got for you on that today. So we're going to get right into the sports. Something that I missed last week was... Steve Nash getting hired by the Brooklyn Nets. No experience at all. Congratulations to Steve Nash. They say Kyrie and um, Kevin Durant signed off on it, which I completely believe. So, you know, I get into why I believe that too. But everybody's not too happy about Steve Nash coming in and getting Steve Nash coming in and getting his job in Brooklyn with two superstars. And I'm kind of shocked by this one person who made it very clear that he wasn't too happy about it, and that's Stephen A. Smith. I'm very shocked about him being as strong as he was, feeling as strong as he was about it. So I'm going to let y'all listen to it for the people that's listening, for the people that's watching on YouTube and Twitch. I'll let y'all see the video of why, of who, what he said, what Stephen A. Smith said, and why I'm shocked. So let's get right into it. The Nets have hired a new head coach and it's Hall of Fame point guard Steve Nash. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting this news. It's a four-year deal for Nash. Interim coach Jacques Vaughn will stay on as an assistant. Here's part of GM Sean Mark's statement, quote, in Steve we see a leader, communicator, and mentor who will garner the respect of our players. Stephen A., talk to me. Max Kellerman, Molly. This is uh, one of the toughest, toughest uh, positions that I've ever had to take in in, in my career on first take. And here is why. I want to first state that Steve Nash has no coaching experience. But if you talk about um, an outlier, uh, an individual that is just special on so many levels, it is Steve Nash. Not just as a player, 
but his mentorship to some degree with Steph Curry. Uh, the brothers that he has looked out for and supported when Quentin Richardson was his eight or was his teammate and he took money off his plate to make sure Quentin Richardson got paid. When he had his man Steven Jackson, his former teammate, uh, his teammate at the time, living with him and took him in and looked out for him. Uh, the respect that he has around the league, his smarts, his intelligence, his basketball IQ. Steve Nash is a sensational dude. Um, and if anybody deserves this opportunity, absent the experience that obviously he has as a coach, it is him. It happened for Steve Kerr, who had never coached on any level before, but he took over Golden State and look at the job that he's done. Steve Nash is widely respected and loved by a whole bunch of people in the NBA, black, white, and beyond. Congratulations to him. He deserves it. I get it. But this ain't about him, what I'm about to say. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no way around this. This is white privilege. This does not happen for a black man. No experience whatsoever on any level as a coach. And you get the Brooklyn Nets job. I know that Kyrie and KD have both signed off on this. I know they both support this move. But I'm thinking about a champion that is Ty Lue, passed up. I'm thinking about a guy who built the foundation for the Golden State Warriors in Mark Jackson, passed up. I'm thinking about the years that Sam Cassell has served as an assistant, first in the nation's capital in D.C., and now with the Los Angeles Clippers, passed up. And it's for a guy, my God, one of the best guys you could possibly meet in your life and may do a fantastic job. But a guy that has no experience whatsoever in these times where we're making all of this noise about social justice, I got news for y'all, Molly and Max. I have said this to people on numerous occasions right here on this show. Yes, that was the tipping point. George Floyd's killing, his murder, you know, violence against black men who are unarmed. All of that stuff is true. But the frustration, the protest, and all of these things that you've seen in the streets throughout America emanating from the black community and disenfranchised communities is that proverbial glass ceiling and the fact that it breeds a level of frustration that we can't even put in the words sometimes. You just want to scream, want to scream to the high heavens. How the hell does this always happen for somebody else other than us? Why is it that we have to be twice as good to get half as much? Why is it that no matter what we do and how hard we work and how we go through the process and the terrain of everything, somehow, some way, there's another excuse to ignore that criteria, to ignore those credentials, and instead bypass it and make an exception to the rule for someone other than us. So I'm depressed right now because I have to bring that up. Because Steve Nash doesn't deserve it. I think Steve Nash is going to do a hell of a job in Brooklyn. I think that he's going to resonate with Kyrie and, and, and KD. And not only that, his record in terms of looking out for one brother after another. I love this brother Steve Nash. He is a beautiful person and I'm so happy for him just on its face. But when I take into account all that it entails and I think about the black men that were passed up in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, New York, New York City. We got Thibodeau at Madison <laughs> Square Garden. 
who's obviously highly respected and deserves it. And now we got Steve Nash, who has no coaching resume, but a lot of people believe in him, and they should. Yet again, we find ourselves looking at a situation as black people. You know what? Everything is egregious as it is to kill an unarmed black man, to shoot him, and things of that nature. There are a multitude of ways where black folks, particularly black men, have been sliced and diced up and thrown out to pasture. And if I'm Sam Cassell, if I'm Ty Lue, if I'm Mark Jackson and these boys, that's how I'm feeling right now when I heard the news that two superstars and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving signed off on this man being the new head coach in Brooklyn. I'm sure he's going to do a good job. I know Kyrie and KD ain't going to lose. I'm just saying, damn, as time changes, things remain the same. So there you have it. Stephen A. Smith coming very strong with his opinions about Steve Nash being hired in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, as he called it. In Brooklyn. You heard him. And so that's how he feels about it. You know, I'm shocked that he said it. It shocked me when he said it. But, you know, let's get right into it. Steve Nash had a response, and then Stephen A. Smith had a response to Steve Nash. So let's get right on into that as well. Let's go right to it. Well, I did skip the line, frankly. Um, you know, but at the same time, I think leading an NBA team for almost two decades is is pretty unique. Um, so while I haven't necessarily learned some of the skills that I'll definitely seek to understand and learn as far as the technical aspects of coaching, you know, I was never far from that. I have benefited from white privilege. You know, our, our society has a lot of ground to make up. I'm not saying that this position uh, was, a, was a factor as far as white privilege being a factor in this position, but like, I think as, as white people, we have to understand like, that we are served a, a privilege and a benefit by the color of our skin and our communities. And we have a long way to go to, to find equality and, and social and racial justice. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I hope that I'm a great ally to that cause. Uh, that was the Hall of Famer, Steve Nash, new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets at his introductory press conference. Stephen A., I'll start with you. Um, got a bit heavy there. What was your reaction to what he had to say? Well, I was pleased with him acknowledging what to me is a very, very obvious thing. And um, in, in fairness to Steve Nash and Sean Marks, just to let you both know, uh, I've spoken to both of them in recent days. I took the liberty of calling both of them because I think that my statements about white privilege uh, being at the heart of him capturing this job was misconstrued. I don't back up from what I said one bit. I meant every damn word that I said. But my comments were not to denigrate nor insult Sean Marks or Steve Nash. It was not about them. It was about a system that is, in the, that is unequal and unfair. Because the point that I was trying to make is that Steve Nash has never coached on any level. Sure, he has acute basketball knowledge. He's a highly intelligent individual, incredibly accomplished. One of the elite point guards this game has seen, a two-time league MVP. We know what Steve Nash has brought to the table. We know how phenomenal he has been. But the reality is, is that it wasn't about him. It was about the fact that anybody with his resume who happened to be black 
would never have had this opportunity. That is the bottom line. And that is the point that I was making. And not to direct these comments at Sean Marks or Steve Nash in any way, because as far as I'm concerned, uh, they're relatively victimized in the grand scheme of things when you think of what transpired. Sean Marks has the right to hire whoever the hell he wants. And Steve Nash, he would have been stupid not to take this job. It's an incredible opportunity for him. And both of them are class personified, and I wish them nothing but the best. But my comments were not about them. It was about what the resume says how there's no centralized system in place, no criteria definitively to operate under or around that would facilitate an African-American be having the same resume, getting a similar opportunity. It would not happen. And for white folks and even black folks to raise up and have a problem with what I said, well, I have two responses for that. First, for white folks out there that had a problem with my comments about white privilege, are you going to sit in denial of history? I thought you were listening. I thought Get you him. were willing to listen. I thought in the aftermath of George Floyd's killing that you wanted to hear folks and you wanted to understand where we're coming from because you understand that people weren't just out there protesting about police brutality. They were protesting systemic racism, the inequality and the unfairness that exists as it pertains to the African-American community throughout this nation's history. That's what we were talking about. That's why people have been protesting. That's why black people all over the place have come across as fed up. That's why young folks who happen to be from the white community have raised up and said enough's enough because their fathers, their forefathers, and their iniquities and their actions have caused a level of stress and strife that the younger white generation no longer wants to have to deal with. They don't want to have to shoulder that burden because of their ancestors' actions. And so as a result of that, when you are a white person and you want to raise up like some columnist in the New York Daily News on Sunday, writes, you know, Stephen A., you know, I missed the boat or I had the wrong spin or whatever. This man brought up Bill Russell. Bill Russell being named a player's coach in 1966. That was his argument. That's what he came back with. What, what, as a retort to what I was saying, he came back with something from 1966. The reality is, is that if you are white and you swear that you're listening and you're hearing, you should have no problem with what I said. You should appreciate the fact that I Facts. said it because I'm articulating a point of view and a position that most black people wouldn't even think about denying. And for those black folks like Charles Barkley and others who had a problem with what I said, if you listen to what people said, they were too busy thinking about Steve Nash because we like Steve Nash. He's a great guy, a good man who I believe is going to do an exceptional job in Brooklyn. And I can understand why anybody would want to play for him because he seems to be a player's coach. I know a guy by the name of Bill Duffy, one of the exceptional agents in this business who I've known for many years, who represented Steve Nash all these years, who swears by him, not just as a talent, but as a man. But the bottom line is that love for Steve Nash is what gives people the resistance towards what I had to say because they don't feel it's fair for me to bring something like that up because he was hired. And my response to that is, if not him, who? Who else got hired for a pristine job like this with no resume? So it's really not about Steve Nash. It's about the system. And it's about pointing out how it's unequal because what happened for him, what happened for a white guy, even if their name wasn't Steve Nash, would never happen for a black man. 
and I spoke to somebody last night, Max, and I'll hand it off to you. Um, I spoke to the great Jerry Colangelo as well, because obviously he disagreed with my position. And I have such profound respect for him that I took the liberty of calling him to make sure he understood my arguments were not against Steve Nash or Sean Marks as people. And Jerry Colangelo, to his credit, was making the statement that I understand where you're coming from, Stephen. I'm just saying that white privilege is not the reason Steve Nash got this job. And I said, fair enough. But my position is no black man with that resume would get that job. I said it last week. I said it the other day. I'm saying it now. I've been saying it for a quarter century in this business. And I will never change my position on that matter until the facts show me otherwise, which has yet to happen well, let me with black men in this country. Bow, Stephen A. Smith with the response to Steve Nash's response where Steve Nash basically admitted yeah it was privilege for him and you know I have no problem with Steve Nash Steve Nash is one of the nicest guys that you can ever meet I've actually met him one time in S at SMU back in the day very nice uh, so but yeah Stephen A. Smith didn't back down and I appreciate it man so shout out to Stephen A. Smith for that you know I troll him a lot because people like to throw him and Skip Bayless in my face when they arguing with me on Facebook. And I just like to prove a point. Well, first of all, Skip Bayless is trash. That's my point with that. So anytime anybody say anything about Skip Bayless saying something, making a sports argument, they can kick rocks, conversation over. Stephen A. Smith, my point is with him, he don't get everything right because ESPN works him to death. Now, he's making the money for it now, but... He don't just do first take. He has to do first take, Sports Center, guest appearances on all the other shows that come on, and then he got to be at the games. Well, when they was traveling and letting people there, he got to be at the games. He got to do post games and all that, and he got to do every sport, every sport, not just basketball, not just football, not just basketball and football. He has to do MLB, hockey. He has to know all of it. That's that's too much to put on one person. And he has to keep up with it every single day outside of people like me who do the podcast. And if I'm making an argument, if I'm making an argument about something, it's because I had the time to look it up and get the facts before I make my sports argument. You see what I'm saying? So that's my only thing with Stephen A. Smith, where people like to throw him in my face. Oh, Stephen A. Smith said Stephen A. Smith ain't always right. But in this case, I agree with everything that he had to say. So shout out to Stephen A. Smith. Also, former coach Byron Scott had to also agree with Stephen A. Smith. He made a quote himself saying, we don't get jobs like that that are set and all good where you got two all-stars like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. We get the jobs where you have to try to make something out of nothing. Then, when you don't or aren't able to, they'll say, see, we gave them an opportunity. That's a quote from Byron Scott, former coach at the Pelicans, and multiple other people. I think his last coaching job was the Pelicans or the Hornets, whatever you want to call them. I can't remember his last coaching job. So Byron Scott, a former black coach, agrees with Stephen A. Smith. So like I said, it's a point to what he has to say, and I like the way he said it. He said it in a very articulate way and very smart. He was very smart with his words. So I appreciate Stephen A. Smith. So sticking to the NBA, let's get right on to it. You see the house of... 
whatever it's called, House of Highlights. <laughs> they just popped up on YouTube for my highlights. That's where I got it from. We got the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals. NBA, Miami takes out Boston 117-114 to in overtime. Shout out to Miami. Shout out, well, I ain't going to say shout out to Miami. Shout out to Jimmy Butler. If you heard the last episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify last Thursday, we had to, I say that we all had to apologize to Jimmy Butler, myself included, which I did. So I'm going to do it again. Hey, Jimmy Butler, my apologies. The reason why, because when you went to Miami and left Philly, we was all saying, dude, what's wrong with you? You saying you want to win. Why would you leave a stacked team, a stacked team, quotation marks, with Philly that seemed like they was just one piece away to go to Miami and you talking about you trying to win. Nah, you just want to go party. That's what we were saying. That's what we were saying. But now look at him. Eastern Conference Finals, um, he's the man of the team. He got a great team around him, and they play team ball, something Jimmy has been complaining about, and everybody plays hard. Another thing Jimmy has been complaining about, like everybody plays hard in Miami. That's all Jimmy has been asking for, and he's finally getting it, and look what he's doing. So, we had Jimmy Butler, 20 points. Jay Crowder, 22 points. Um, Dragic, 29 points. Odie Bayo, if I said that right, Adi Bayo, Adi Bayo, however you said, 18 points and a huge block at the end of the game on Tatum. And then for Boston, Tatum had 30 points. Kimba Walker, 19 points. Marcus Smart, who's the real – Marcus Smart is the guard – that Patrick Beverly think he is, that Patrick Beverly pretends to be. People think Patrick Beverly is Marcus Smart, or Marcus Smart is really the, the dead dude on defense and offense. 26 points for Marcus Smart. Jalen Brown, 17 points. Um, again, 117 and 114. Close game. I feel like the whole series is going to be just like that. I feel like it's going to go seven games. I personally think Boston is going to win. That's who I predicted, so I got to stick with it. I can't change up now since they lost game one. I said Boston is going to win, so I'm going to have to stick with it. I feel like Kimball Walker's go do better than 19 points. So, you know, that was that was somewhat of a bad game for him. But, you know, Tatum go step up. Brown go step up. I just feel like they're a little bit too deep for Miami, even though Miami plays great team ball. Probably the best team ball. Maybe, maybe Denver, but... I give Miami a slight edge over Denver as far as team ball. But we're going to get into Denver later. Yeah, so Miami up one game to zero over Boston. Eastern Conference Finals. This, wow. I mean, yeah. I keep that short and sweet. (laughs) I keep it short and sweet. I still got Boston winning this series. I see it going seven games. I feel like Tatum and Kimber Walker is going to step it up, so... That's just my opinion. Hopefully, I'm right. I would love to see. Actually, I would love to see Boston versus. I'm not gonna say that because people gonna say I'm a hater. I'm not even gonna say that. So let's go on to the next Clippers versus the Denver Nuggets. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I got the highlights going. If you're listening, shout out to you for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Let's get into this Nuggets blowing out the Clippers in Game Seven which was hilarious to me. It was hilarious. Considering all the talking that Morris, Paul George, 
and Bev, especially Pat Bev. Pat Bev just talked like he just he worse than Draymond Green. Like, dude, you ain't even a third star on your team, but you do all this talking. At least Draymond was a third. You know, he was an all star when he was talking. So make the all star team, Pat Bev. Do that. All this talking you doing, to everybody. So let's get right into the numbers. 104 to 89. Yes, 104 89. Game seven. The Clippers lost 104 89 to Denver. So it's funny because Denver was a team everybody wanted to play, right? Y'all remember? First round, Mavericks wanted Denver. They said we can match up better. We didn't want to play the Clippers. We wanted to play Denver. Utah wanted Denver. They got Denver, went up 3 1 on them, and lost. Houston wanted Denver. Because they said they matched up with Denver. And now look at Denver. Denver in the Western Conference Finals took out the Clippers, a team everybody was avoiding. Didn't nobody want to play the Clippers. Now, Denver went right through them and blew them out the last two games. So, let's shout out to Murray. Man, 40 points last night. Uh, Paul Millsap had six. Grant had 14. Jokic only had 16. Think about that. They won 104-89. Jokic only had 16 points. Harris had 14. The rest of the bench, what? They gave you 13 points. And you still lost. They still won 104-89 over the Clippers. So they tell you how bad the Clippers were, man. Let's get into the Clippers numbers. Kawhi Leonard, 6 for 22 in 44 minutes. 14 points in 44 minutes. 6 of 22. Morris doing all that capping. Two for nine, seven points. Pat Bev, 30 minutes, 11 points. Paul George, four for 16, 38 minutes, 10 points. Lou Williams, seven points. Reggie Jackson, zero points. Like, what's what's the deal? Clippers doing all that capping, all that capping, all that talking. From day one, like the Miami Heat did when in 2011, and you couldn't even make the finals. You couldn't even make the Western Conference Finals. You second round still. Like that team, no matter who they got, no matter who they have, that team can't get past second round. And that proves my point that I said last year on the podcast, and Brooklyn looked at me crazy. Doc Rivers is overrated as a coach. I mean, how else you want me to say it? What? What else do y'all need to see? Doc Rivers is overrated as a coach. He got that one ring in Boston, but look at the team he had in Boston. KG, veteran, still at the end of his prime. Paul Pierce, veteran, still at the end of his prime. Ray Allen, veteran, still at the end of his prime. Prime Rondo, like he had a squad. Eddie House and all them, like he had a squad and he was in the East. You know what I'm saying? This is when LeBron was still in Cleveland. LeBron wasn't in Miami yet when they was winning the East. So you got to think about that too. You know what I'm saying? They beat LeBron while he was in Cleveland. When LeBron went to Miami, they got a squad behind him to match their squad. They didn't beat him. <laughs> so, again, Doc Rivers, to me, is overrated. Let's go to the Clippers teams he had. Chris Paul, Lou Williams, uh, prime Blake Griffin, prime DeAndre Jordan. Like, come on, man. All these people. He Matt Barnes. All these people he had on his on the squad. They couldn't get past the second round. Now he got this squad now with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, P- 
Pat Bev, Montre Harris, Lou Williams, Jackson, Reggie Jackson. Like, come on. You got the squad now. You still can't get past second round. So what's the excuse? Yo, Doc Rivers is overrated. It's no excuse for it. I've been trying to tell y'all that. Doc Rivers is overrated as a coach. He always had he always had a squad. Always had a good team. He overrated. He now last year he did a good job. Outside of that, he overrated, bruh. I mean, I, I don't know what else y'all want me to say. I, the guy is overrated. Do you agree? Disagree. You can leave a comment on YouTube if you agree. Feel free to argue with me because I think I'd improve my point. The guy can't get out of the second round in the West. Something that y'all said LeBron wouldn't be able to do. And it's time to shut down the Kawhi is better than LeBron. That's that's no. Kawhi's not better than LeBron. There's no way LeBron gets to a game seven to a team that came back, first of all, down three to one. No way LeBron let you, let them get blown out like that and give you 14 points. Murray scored, he outscored George and Kawhi together. So think about that. Let's 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 think about that, y'all. You think LeBron letting it happen? That's not happening. And I talk, you know, I talk trash about LeBron. You think LeBron letting that happen? Stop it. So anyway, let's move on to the NFL. Week one scores. I told you that the Chiefs was going to beat the Texans. I said it was going to be thirty-five to twenty-eight. I'm sorry, thirty-five to twenty-four. And they end up winning 34 to 20. So I was pretty close. I was pretty close. I should have bet Vegas on that one. I should have bet Vegas. Um, the rest of the score, Seahawks took out the Falcons, 38-25. Bills over the Jets, 27-17. Chicago, who I picked to win a division, over the Lions, 27-23. Packers look great. Aaron Rodgers, 43 points over Minnesota. It was 43-34. On the Patriots, Cam looked pretty nice. They took out Miami 21 to 11. I said don't sleep on the Patriots. You still can't. You can never sleep on a Belichick team. The Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, took out the Panthers 34 to 30. The Colts lost to the Jaguars 27-20. Now, if you listen to the podcast Thursday on Apple and Spotify, you heard me pick the Colts to win a division because I feel like they got the best overall team in a division. But I also said that I was scared to do it because of Phillip Rivers. Because Phillip Rivers is washed. He ain't got it no more. He's going to single-handedly be their downfall. That was my opinion. Phillip Rivers came out in Jacksonville, who don't have Ramsey. Uh, they don't have um, Njoku. None of them. Threw two interceptions in Jacksonville. And that's that's why they lost that game. But, hey, I'm going to stick with the Colts. I'm going to stick with them to win a division. Cause I still feel like they got the best overall team, but Phillip Rivers is going to be a problem. I said it. Tim, if you're watching, I said it. <laughs> so, I, matter of fact, I'm going to say this clip just for you, Tim. So, let's, let's get back to these scores. Chargers over the Bengals, 16-13. Saints took out Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, as they call it in Tampa, 34-23. Y'all sitting there talking about James Winston that, James Winston this, James Winston that. Tom came out through two interceptions as well. One was a pick six, so I I think he's washed. He's 43. It's certain things that they expected him to do that he just can't do no more. He's 43. 
I don't care how good of a shape he is. Him getting hit at that age behind that line, it's going to wear off on him real quick. He's 43, so that arm ain't going to last like that, like they think it is. Arizona looking good beating the 49ers. Man, that division, that NFC West, is man, I can't even remember who I picked to win that. Oh, I said Seattle. I said Seattle was going to win that division. Uh, but, man, that's that's a tough division, man. So, we'll see how they go. 49ers definitely not going to have the same year they had last year. So, the Steelers took out the Giants Monday Night Football 26-16. Jason Garrett looks typical Jason Garrett offense in New York. So, I appreciate y'all taking him off the Cowboys' hands, Giants. Titans took out the Broncos 16-14. And let's get into some games where I got some highlights of Philly and Washington. Because I want to go into this. For the people that's watching on YouTube and Twitch, you can see the highlights. For the people that's listening, shout out to y'all on Apple, Spotify, and etc. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Philly versus Washington now. Carson Wentz, 24 for 42, 270 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Carson Wentz was sacked eight times. I've been trying to tell y'all for the last two years, this guy is overrated. Just like Doc Rivers is overrated in the NBA. Carson Wentz is overrated. I've been telling y'all this. I've been trying to tell y'all this. He a first-round pick that's steady getting compared to a fourth-round draft pick, Dak Prescott. And Dak has been playing better than him over the years. Dak has a high winner percentage. And Dak um, stays healthy. Dak is just better than Wentz, man. Like, I'm not trying to hear that. He got weapons this year. So, I don't want to hear that as no excuse. Even though Zach Ertz, right now, he feels disrespected by Philly because of the contract negotiations. So, let's see how long he stays. But... I don't want to hear that, man. Like, Wentz has weapons. He has weapons. Defense still, they got the names, you know, on defense. So, there's no excuses for him this year. If he stay healthy, they should be winning, period. But they lost to Washington 27-17. Shout out to Dwayne Haskins, man. Um, He started off a little shaky, but second half came along. And you can see him calming down. I, I put that on the coach, too, Rivera. Rivera calmed him down, called smarter plays for him, got him into the game. And, I mean, defense just kept doing what they do. That D-line is dangerous and watched him. A-sex. A-sex. And I seen, what, maybe two of them came off a of blitz. The rest of them was just straight D-line. So, <laughs> A-sex, man, that's, that's whew, they dangerous. Watch, I ain't going to say Washington is dangerous. I'm talking about their D-line. D, let's be clear before anybody start talking. Washington D-line is dangerous. I'm not worried about nothing else in Washington. They not going to win the division. I don't care if they the only team they won Sunday. They not winning. So let's just enjoy the little moment now, Washington fans. They not winning. Just that is what it is, all right? So congrats on beating Philly. I'm sure Giants and Cowboys fans was cheering for you because we all can't stand Philly, just like everybody can't stand the Cowboys. So it is what it is. Shout out to Washington for beating Philly. Let's get into the next game. Ravens dominating the Browns. Dominating the Browns. I mean, like, the Ravens are already in midseason form, in my opinion. They're already in midseason form. 
Lamar Jackson, people keep saying he can't throw, he can't do this, he can't do that. He was 20 for 25, 275 yards, three touchdowns, 45 yards on the ground. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, five catches, 101 yards. They won 38-6 over the Cleveland Browns. Free Odell, Cleveland, because him and Baker Mayfield ain't working out. Uh, it, it's not working. It's not working. Free Odell. I, don't don't waste Odell in Cleveland. And I talk a lot of noise and make jokes about Odell, but Odell is too good of a talent to waste in Cleveland. Please don't waste him in Cleveland. Send him to New England. Send send him somewhere where he could play, because it's it's not working in it's not working in Cleveland. So Baker Mayfield, everybody is killing him. Uh, but I'm gonna let him slide this week. And I'm gonna tell you why. Baker Mayfield, 21 for 39, 189 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Jarvis Landry had five catches, 61 yards. I'm not gonna kill Baker Mayfield like everybody else on ESPN and them doing right now, just because. Not just yet. He deserves it because he talks a lot of trash. But I'm not gonna kill him just yet for this year. I'm gonna give him at least three weeks because again, they played the Ravens in Baltimore. The Ravens. What did they change on defense besides getting rid of Earl Thomas and adding to their D-line with Calais Campbell and Wolf? Like, the Ravens are stacked. They they didn't need preseason, and they showed that they didn't need it. Like, everybody is pretty much still there from last year. If anything, they added two people on the D-line and just switched out Earl Thomas and put Clark over there. So, Clark already know the system, and Clark is a good safety, so... I mean, they already in mid-season form, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clown Baker Mayfield yet. But if he's doing the same thing in three weeks, you know what I'm saying? Then yeah, I'm, I'm gonna definitely let Baker have because Baker talked too much noise for it not to work. He got too many weapons. He got two cold running backs. He got two Pro Bowl receivers. He got two tight ends. Like I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. It's no excuses for him this year. So. We'll see how it go with Baker. I'm going to give him two, three weeks. That's what I'm saying now. I might clown him next week if he play bad. So, we'll see. But free Odell, in my opinion, Odell shouldn't be wasting his his talent. I've, Odell has been a no-name since he went to Cleveland. So, I hate it for him. So, Odell's too talented for that. That's my opinions on Cleveland. Now to the main event for my Dallas folks. Um... Cowboys lose to the Rams 20 to 17. This game felt no different from last year with Jason Gary. Mike McCarthy, it, it felt like I watched the same thing. We got to keep in mind that Kellen Moore is still the offensive coordinator for right now. So that could be why it felt similar to last year. But last year they had a pretty good offense. They was like the number two offense in the league. So I don't understand what was going on. I don't know. I'm not going to kill him yet. I was very pissed off watching the game. It was It's irritating because it's like we see the same, nothing changed. All this, we got a new coaching staff. It's going to be different. We got C.D. Lamb, all them. Like, yeah. The only thing that I saw different was Zeke was in midseason form from week one for the first time since his rookie season. Zeke was on it. Zeke had 96 yards, touchdown, carrying, and then he also had a touchdown receiving for 31 yards as well. So Zeke Zeke was on it. Everybody else, I can't really say too much. You know what? I'll take it back. Amari Cooper, 
His, you remember his thing last year? They said he couldn't play on the road. He averaged like two catches on the road last year, right? He had ten catches, eighty-one yards, and that's on Jalen Ramsey on the road. So shout out to Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, telling, showing y'all that y'all better stop sleeping on him. Michael Gallup can play. Everybody starts sleeping on him, saying C.D. Lamb go replace, take his starting spot, and this and that. No, that's not happening. Michael Gallup was a thousand-yard receiver last year. C.D. Lamb. No preseason too Y'all gotta remember this No preseason Like that's a big factor for rookies You know what I'm saying CeeDee Lamb first game uh, For the little times that he did get the ball He only got it What three catches I believe You know you can see the explosiveness in him So I'm not worried about CeeDee Lamb CeeDee Lamb is gonna be great I'm worried about our tight end position Because Jarwin got hurt He's out for the season Our tight end position is Schultz, Dalton Schultz, like, I'm not feeling him at all. He's trash to me. Cowboys need to address that. Cowboys, I've been saying it, should have addressed linebacker in a, sometime within the last two years. They keep going for Van Der Esch, thinking he going to stay healthy. Sean Lee, I've been ready to get rid of Sean Lee, man. Sean Lee, he he's injury prone, and now he's old. Why are you keeping him? Why are you keeping him around? Van Der Esch, why are you believing that he's going to start and play the whole season? Jalen Smith, he's a very good linebacker considering what he had to go through with his injury. But Jalen Smith can't cut left and right. He could run with you vertical all day because he's just that type of athlete. But ever since that leg injury, and these teams know it, that's why they keep putting him out in the outfield versus they running backs and tight ends and they just run either quick ends, quick outs, quick slants. Jalen Smith can't cut like that. I don't know if he's not comfortable or it's just, I don't know. Like his leg just won't let him cut like he should. Even when he's getting, trying to get a block, you pick up a block, he just can't cut. You see it on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Like he just can't cut. They run slants and stuff on him all day. He just can't cut. Like, Joe Thomas is really our best linebacker right now. So, we got to address that. Safety. Thompson is not a safety. He's not a starting safety, man. We have to address that. D-line. I'm not complaining about the lack of sacks because golf was getting rid of the ball within two seconds. They was running a whole bunch of screens. They really didn't go downfield. So, I can't complain about the sacks. I'm not going to get mad at him about that. But the Interior, them running the ball, nothing changed from last year. Pole, what's up? What yeah, bro? You the only one that took a knee, so respect to you for that doing the national anthem. But you, if you go do that, you gonna have to make some plays too, cause now all you doing is giving these racist white people, you know, something to talk about, and they've been talking down on you and talking real dirty about you since Sunday, cause you took a knee. And then you came out and didn't do nothing in the game. And they just ran it down our throats. Shout out to Alden Smith. First time playing the game since 2015. And the man came in, gave you 11 tackles and the, the only sack of the game for the Cowboys. So shout out to Alden Smith, man. I can't wait to see how much better you get. Can't wait to Randy Gregory come back, which NFL stay robbing Randy Gregory. So that's all I got on that, man. I'm not even going to get into the Randy Gregory thing because it just upsets me every time we talk about it. Cowboys need to address tight end, linebacker, tackle, 
because we we behind on tackles safety like we got to address it we have to address it they didn't restructure all these contracts to get all this cap space they say it's for Dak next year but my thing is if it's for Dak next year why can't you just sign who we need now on one year contracts and then just let them go the space is going to free back up in the summer if you do one one year contract so you know Eric Reed, Earl Thomas all of them is out there Delaney Walker they all out there you know and they Cowboys just refuse to do anything so I, I don't understand it we talk about the coaching for 10 years. We really need to talk about the ownership. We have. I'm not a, I'm not a Jerry Jones fan. I'm not a Jerry Jones. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm not a Jerry Jones fan. So I'm not a Stephen Jones fan. I don't like how how they do things. I don't like how they operate. So it is what it is on that. So Dallas better step it up. They play Atlanta this week, so they better step it up. So I could talk noise, man. Come on now. Step it up, Dallas. For real. Speaking of Dallas, shout out to our hockey team, the Dallas Stars. The only Dallas team that's trying to do something. Shout out advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in, what, 20 years? Since 1999-2000 season? So shout out to the Dallas Stars. They look great. I actually watched the game Monday. I was streaming um, wrestling on my Twitch for my Twitch fans because they love wrestling and watching this at the same time, watching this game at the same time. And it was crazy because I had a couple of people, a couple of Vegas fans on my Twitch talking noise the whole night because Vegas went up 2-0 and it was still up 2-0 at the beginning of the third period. So, oh man, they, that's all I heard. Oh man, the stars go lose. You gonna have to do this. Let's bet. Let's do this. Let's do this. It's gonna come. It's gonna be comeback season for us. Comeback season for Vegas. That's all I heard, right? That's all I heard. And I kept telling them, just relax. If you haven't been watching the stars, if you really think we just about to let it go that easy, sure enough, stars scored two goals in the third, real quick at that. It wasn't even. It was like back to back by the what seven minutes in between each other. Two goals. Get the overtime. Bow. Go. Game. Stars on the Stanley Cup championship. Stanley Cup finals. Let's go, Stars. And they get a time. They get a little break because the Easter Conference is still going on right now. I believe they had a game six tomorrow. So, Stars get a little break. They get to relax for a little bit. Don't get too relaxed, though, Stars. We got to finish this thing. So, shout out to Dallas. It's a good feeling to have a team in the championship, a team in the finals, you know, for the first time since 2011, since we had any team in any finals or any championship game. So, shout out to the Stars, man. So, that's that's really all I got for you today, man. I'm just I'm just happy things are playing how it is. I'm hoping everybody be safe. I know y'all miss Brooklyn, Chin, and 3. If you, if you follow the YouTube, you'll see a couple of episodes of me and 3 doing boxing. And then if you on the Facebook... Me, Jen, and Chandra did an episode about the whole Will Smith entanglement thing, which I forgot to post on YouTube, but it's kind of too late now because, you know, the entanglement thing is not even a trend no more. So I'm not, a go, I'm not even going to post that on YouTube. So shout out to everybody on that's listening on Apple. Shout out to everybody that's listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and every, et cetera. 
Shout out to everybody that's watching on Twitch and YouTube and people that subscribe. And please subscribe to all of us. Leave comments. Leave stars, rankings, whatever whatever platform you're using. Whatever you can do to help us. Whether it's comments, uh, ratings, things like that. Leave all that for us as we continue to, you know, try to slowly come back to full force around here. Also, dopecontent.com. Stay up to date with all the latest with us, entertainment, music, sports, wrestling, everything like that, man. www.dopecontent.com. Get your dope content gear. Like I said, I got a DK shirt on right now. Support Support your boy. Support your boy. My Twitch fam has came in a clutch for me with the dope content. So I went from like six followers to 2,700 in two months somebody i mean i could build that fast on twitch come on y'all we can build everywhere else we give you different content everywhere else than we do twitch twitch has pretty much been wrestling in video games so at least we give you everything else on the youtube and stuff so come on y'all let's come on with it don't let twitch clown y'all like that now shout out to my twitch followers though man they they coming through with the clutch they getting gear they doing all that stuff man so shout out to them Again, www.dopecontent.com. Check us out. Check us out. If you don't see us, you can still keep up with the latest on their website. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so on. Thank you for watching. And I am... Oh, let's get to Dez Bryant real quick. Dez Bryant, you go see me, sir. That's all I got to say to you. He he called me out again. You go see me, sir. I'm just waiting on when you have, when you at home, cause I'm here. So you go see me. That's all I got to say, and I'm out.